Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? Been a hectic week, Amy. It has. It has. More for you than for me. Yes, it has. Uh, a couple of reasons. My kids started school this morning. Yes. And I think I texted you about 7.30 this morning. You texted me or something. I was like, hold on. I'm having to fix the kids' Zoom. That's right. they're starting remotely. Skyward was down. Schoolology was down. It was a disaster. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened this morning, but it was a perfect storm of everything tech problem wise for the school district. But they, to their credit, they got it sorted out quickly and, you know, had about a 10 to 15 minute delay and everything started working fine. So my kids are, are going to school via Zoom, which well, is really strange. But yeah. hey, we've been living that life for five months now, right? Yep. Zoom is is everything. That's our window to the world. And uh, so you'll get a couple of weeks with your kids to test it out before it comes here in uh, Wake Forest. Drew starts. uh, Same thing. We got his schedule today for how that will all sort of shake out what the schedule will be every day Um, going from early, you know, first thing in the morning until normal time in the afternoon, they've got certain blocks where they'll do work and then they'll be uh, zooming in with their teachers and and things like that. So it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting fall. Yeah. We counted up last night that our kids had a 156 day summer vacation. So they topped Phineas and Ferb by 50%. That I had no idea, but... Some of our listeners will get that reference. Others may not. I'm going to be honest and tell you that I don't. So Okay, good. 104 days of summer vacation. Is that That's what they get. Or that's in the theme song. So anyway, but yeah, so there's that, the tech issues with that. And then also, you know, we, we launched a, a new suite of websites around the SBC this week. So a new SBC.net, new Baptist Press, a new jobs board, a new church search. A lot of data, a lot of imports, and some of it didn't quite go as planned. So we're still troubleshooting a few things here and there. So, yep. you know, when you turn the, the switch on, it seems like that's when things break, you know? Yes. So we, we're, we're working on it, getting it there. So a lot of you have reached out, said you'd like the look mm-hmm. and everything. We're just trying to update the technology, get things better, and uh, make it easier and more user-friendly moving forward. So... A lot of information there. You can check that out over at sbc.net, baptistpress.com as well. New Baptist Press URL even. The old one still works, but it right. bounces you to the new one. So right. uh, baptistpress.com, sbc.net, and also uh, an updated site for logos and graphics. So I know a lot of you sometimes looking for logos, graphic use in your local church, association, state convention, whatever it may be. If you go to branding.sbc.net, you'll be able to download all the new logos. It's got use examples. It's got some some sample language, everything. So a lot of options over there for churches and state conventions because we get that question all the time. I don't know how many emails I've sent with links to logos, links to logos, links to logos. Right. So they're all over there, branding.sbc.net. And those sites and that work, uh, logos, things like that were really made possible with assistance from Mere Agency and Useful Group. And so they they helped out a lot in some of the redesign and rebuild. All right, Amy, we move on to our news this week. Some news out of Birmingham. Got a lot of Alabama news this week. Got to say. Yes. A lot of news from Alabama, a lot of news. Well, we had big news last week from Alabama, but more news this week from Alabama. 
Uh, WMU announced this week they have a voluntary retirement plan that they are offering their employees amid what is a a financial crisis due to COVID and other related issues down at the Birmingham Auxiliary of the SBC. Yeah, so this announcement came this week. Over the past four years, they've cut 34% from the budget, uh, which will be $5.2 million beginning in October. But their main source of revenue has been curriculum sales for missions groups. And just like a lot of other places, that's just gone down uh, because churches are not meeting. They're not ordering the resources. And so it changes it just changes the dynamic. So they've had to make some changes. They need to present a balanced budget for 2020-21. And so that is going to include a voluntary retirement plan for full-time and part-time staff who are eligible. So, of course, a little personal history there with the WMU. Sad to see this. It's been now nine years since I moved on from WMU to Lifeway and now at the executive committee. So uh, I still know a lot of people there. So wishing them all the best as they make those decisions down there, praying for Sandy Wisdom Martin and her leadership at the Woman's Missionary Union. Well, Amy, it's the first of the month. You know what that means? CP. Hey, we've got really good news, Amy. Like, incredibly good news. And that is something, I think, a few months ago even, particularly when the pandemic really started, we weren't sure that we could sit here in August and have good oh, news. Yeah. yeah, there were a lot of questions. We did not know what the future was going to hold. But uh, thanks to some, you know, the timing issues, the five Sunday month always helps, right? But yes. we almost had $17 million given through the cooperative program in July. So the total was $16,785,575.97. Don't forget the cents given in July, which is like $2.3 million more than we received last year in July. And $410,000 in change more than the monthly budgeted amount. So we we topped the budget for the first time since February. I mean, this is our biggest month we've had since February. So we saw the drop hit us in April, Amy. It started coming in and things, we got a little bit nervous because we went down to $14.1 million given in April uh, during the pandemic and then 14.8. And we started climbing out of it. And, you know, in the last month we talked about this, how climb back up to 15.1 and now to see $16.785 million in July, an incredible testimony to the faithfulness and the generosity of Southern Baptists across the U.S. Yeah. So that's been very exciting. And I'm going to say I was, I'm surprised, like happily surprised. This is very, oh, yeah, absolutely. this is very good news. Absolutely. It puts us back on track to just, you know, we're, we're only about 1% below for the year, which is incredible. I mean, if you just said, Hey, global pandemic and 10 months into the budget year, you're only down 1.07%. I think we yeah. would have all taken this at the beginning of March, whenever all this started happening. I, I'm sure. Yes. And it yeah. just a lot of people didn't expect it. So this no, is good. Absolutely not. So fantastic uh, faithfulness showed by the Southern Baptist across the U.S. And I know a lot of states, you know, there may be some things here and there. So, But a couple of them, you know, we have a story of Baptist Press on Friday here that, that talks about how giving has still been strong. So the Florida Baptist Convention, they said they're only like down like 1% as well. So it mirrors what we are nationally. So I'm very, very encouraged by this and praying that this continues on throughout the fall and, and throughout the rest of this budget year. So we have two more months of the budget year, and we're on pace to break that $190, $192 million mark. So I'm encouraged by that. I, I know a lot of people are, 
And that is excellent news on the cooperative program front. Yes. Amy, it's a concerning story this week at Baptist Press. Kansas pastor's wife has gone missing after she was driving down to Alabama. She was left her home in Overland Park, Kansas, just outside of the Kansas City area, and was going down to Birmingham reportedly to seek psychiatric care at UAB. She never made it to Birmingham and has gone missing in the Memphis area. Yeah, this is a very difficult story to hear, and I was just crushed when I first heard Mm -hmm. about it. But we have all the information there at Baptist Press. Please, everyone, look, uh, especially if you are in the Memphis area or actually, I would say, anywhere along the corridor from Memphis to Alabama, anywhere kind of around that. Look at the information. If there's anything that you could add, there's information about the car, a gray 2011 GMC Acadia with a Kansas license plate, 194LFY. So just if there's anything that you can help with, if there's anything that you can contribute to that search, uh, please, please do so. Otherwise, we just need to pray. Pray for the Carter family. Marilyn Carter's husband, Adam, is the lead pastor at Leewood Baptist Church in Leewood, Kansas, in that Kansas City area. So uh, he's friends of friends, uh, so to speak, up there in the Kansas City area. I know several people in that area that know him and are um, praying for them and and trying to comfort the family in any way possible. So uh, please do, if you can, contribute to the the efforts to try to find her on the lookout for her over in that Memphis area. And and like Amy said, along that corridor from Memphis to Birmingham, uh, going through Tupelo and everything too, uh, please do so. Amy, back down to Alabama, we have a a neat little feature this week. A 73-year-old grandmother has launched a Facebook cooking show, and she she's a Southern Baptist at a, a rural Alabama church, and like she's become Facebook famous because of her biscuits. Yeah, I think this is pretty cool. I just want some of the biscuits. Well, I think you can make some because she she teaches you how. So she calls it cooking with Brenda Gant, and uh, it was just she had done a biscuit making tutorial. It got 3 million Facebook views. So then she just started her own show, um, just doing all kinds of things, hot water, cornbread, you know, just other things like that. And so, but then what she did is she turned around and started inviting people to join her church, Bethany Baptist Church, where she attends. And all of a sudden it just like, they had been averaging about 200 on their services on YouTube. The next service after that was in like the 400s. And so she's, it's just pushing. It says that not even counting our Facebook views, there have been 1,933 views for that service that she was inviting people to. And so um, a- after, after her video that she had posted. So it's just kind of cool because she basically just invited everyone, join me online at my church. So she invited her viewers to attend church with her in this kind of different way that a lot of people are having to do right now. Um, so it's it's really cool. Really neat story. And uh, she has a bed and breakfast, the Cottle House bed and breakfast that she remodeled with her husband uh, before his death in 2018. And so she, you know, hosts already. Um, but it's it's really cool. So check that story out. Down in Andalusia, Alabama, which is in LA, lower Alabama. Yeah. So uh, you can check that out. And, and I'm like, I'm wondering about just going there just for the food. A weekend trip to Andalusia just for the biscuits, Amy. Excellent. 
Yeah, I'll have to let Beth know. That's our plan now. It's a little ways for us. So I, what I may have to do is just watch the video and make the biscuits. So yeah, you, you should do that. You, Keith you would appreciate that, I'm sure. Yes. Keith, should, Keith will appreciate that. So nothing better than good, hot buttermilk biscuits. Okay, uh, more news in Alabama. So Derek Gentle just retired as the pastor at FBC Tallahassee, Alabama. Not Tallahassee, Tallahassee, Alabama. And Amy, what did they have at his retirement party? A camel. That's right, a camel. If you get a camel for your retirement party as a pastor, you're making it on SBC this week, period. That's a... New, new rule. Yeah, that's pretty legit. Or if you have a camel in your church's Christmas production and it also, collapses on a pew, which yeah. happened also before... Also, you on Which happened SBC before, yeah, before SBC this week was a... Well, we've a, talked about it on here quite a few times. Yes, we have. Sorry, so Jimmy. Family Church there had that, and we have talked about it. But camels always make this. I'm a fan of camels. I've ridden camels in the desert before more than once, and it's uh, always a great experience. So I think it's pretty cool. It said that when the director of preschool and children's ministries came on board, he said, the first thing I want you to do is find an event to have a camel, that he'd been the pastor for 24 years, and he had never been able to get a camel there. Said he felt like if children could get up close to the animals, food, and other things that they read about in Bible stories, it could help close the gap between real and imaginary, a way to bring the Bible to life. And so he wanted to, and they had tried to find different ways uh, to make it happen, but never quite were able to get a camel. They had a agricultural missionary from Africa to come and teach them about what it means to be a shepherd. They had a working olive press at their vacation Bible school, things that were real and tangible, but they had never had a camel and he was going to retire at the end of the summer. And so they finally tracked down Travis the camel, who is from Auburn, and they booked him for a send off event. No, no war eagle. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. So they booked Travis the camel, a donkey, and three sheep. And it was kind of like one of the going away parties uh, for him. And families could come and pet and feed the animals. They had platters of food that kind of fit the scene of the Bible, fish, lamb, pistachios, you know, th- just things like that, olives, figs. And so it, it's it's pretty cool. So it said said that he would love to have life as normal and COVID-19 restriction free in the weeks leading up to his last Sunday. But he said hosting a camel, seeing the kids' faces and building a relation building relationships with the community, not a bad way to close it out. So that's a pretty cool story. It is. And we are pro dromedary here on the podcast. Love so I, I just want that to be clear. Your husband's big, big a giraffe guy, but you and I, we're, we're going to be pro. If you get a giraffe for a thing at a, at a church, I, I think we'd cover that too here, right? Keith would make yes. us. Yes. But, but this is a camel and we're going to talk about camels. Right. So that's pretty awesome. Hey, what do you call a camel with no humps, Amy? I don't know. A horse. Oh, okay. So here's what this reminds me of. Totally different thing. But when Nathan Finn was a faculty member at Southeastern Seminary, and then he left to go to Union University, and then now is at North Greenville University. But 
for a long time, he had made a joke and had said things on social media and other things that was like this kind of one-man campaign for a taco truck on campus to have a a taco stand. And so on his last day, Ryan Hutchinson made plans to go to lunch with him that they would meet over in the, like that, I think calling Nathan to meet him over at um, Staley Hall, which is the main building, and then sent an email out campus-wide, except he pulled Nathan's email off of that. So it was everyone on campus except Nathan to tell us that they had gotten a food truck and so we were all invited to come and buy tacos and things so that it would be a good, you know, business day for the food truck. And we all got out there a little bit early to see Nathan head out to meet to where he was going to go somewhere and then to see his face when he saw the taco truck. So camel, taco truck, going away, you know, things that someone always wanted but never could get. It's it's a fun time. Yes. Absolutely. Brings back memories. Sammy, what do you call a camel with three humps? I don't know. Pregnant. I I think it's time to move to the next story. We've talked too long about this one. Okay. All right. Uh, Some personnel moves around the SBC. Neat story out of Arkadelphia, Arkansas. Amy Bensells, who's the president of Washita Baptist University, announced that Lewis Shepard Jr. is going to join the school in an executive leader team's position as special assistant to the president and will be over advancing racial diversity. The president said um, the minority enrollment is 16.4% of the student body, more racially diverse than any time in history, but more progress to make. And so uh, he really wanted to bring in a position to focus on that. And so, um, so Lewis Shepard is a graduate of Washita. He's connected with a lot of alumni. And so he's very excited to be a part of this new effort, these new steps. Um, so yeah. big announcement from them. Not many diversity officers in the SBC yet, but we're starting to see that pop up more and more. We just yes. saw it at Guidestone uh, right. two weeks ago. We talked about it at Guidestone. So we're seeing it now at Washita Baptist up there in Arkansas. I, I think we'll see more of that as we move forward. And also big congratulations goes out to a good friend of the pod and walking buddy of Amy, Miss Christy Thornton. That's right. She has been named Associate Director of PhD Studies and Director of the THM program at Southeastern Seminary. She's a PhD student and has been at Southeastern for quite some time. And yes, she lives a couple of streets over from me and we walk the neighborhood together. So we have a lot of fun. Been been friends for a long time, but very proud of her. Yes. So congratulations to Christy on that. And uh, maybe one day I'll meet her. I still have not met her. I know like you, you like hang out with her all the time. Obviously you yes. live near one another. Right. I've never met her. So, well, we'll have to, we'll to, have to make sure. Yeah. She'll, I'm sure right. she'll be at the annual meeting in Nashville. I'm sure to... she will. In Nashville in June, June 15 and 16, 2021. Yes. All right. Finally, Lifeway has moved their major women's events online for fall 2020. So three big events, the Lifeway women's live simulcast on August the 8th, uh, which is uh, tomorrow, actually. The Cultivate Online, which is a conference in September, on September 12th. That's the weekend after Labor Day. And then Living Proof Live simulcast with Beth Moore on October the 10th have all been transitioned into virtual events. 
allowing them to engage more women than possible if they'd have had them in person. So that's right. Because of COVID-19, moving everything online, these three big events, we still don't have information yet on forum. So I know a lot of the ladies who listen to this, you, you attend forum, you're really interested in that event. It's likely they'll have some kind of online option for forum this year too, because that, that happens in November. So we're still a few months out from that one. Right. Uh, that's the big Lifeway Women event in November. So we'll keep an eye out for news on that. Our good friend of the pod, Kelly King, runs that. And uh, I'm sure there'll be an announcement coming soon about Forum in November. So, But if you're interested in the live simulcast tomorrow, you've, got, you've still got time to register for that one. You can check it out over at the Lifeway Women website and the Lifeway Digital Pass. Everything is available there for that. That's going to do it for our news this week. It brings us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, I want to go back to 1971 to a story from the August 5th issue of Baptist Press, and it is on page two. It's a story about California Baptist College, which now is California Baptist University, but at the time. And uh, they uh, had kind of an interesting building campaign, we'll put it that way, or building project, that the 1971 graduating class remodeled a chicken coop into a prayer chapel. They gave their time, money, and work to completely renovate it, said it was an eyesore on the campus. That was their senior gift to the college. And so they presented the keys to President James Staples. It had housed bantam chickens, doves, rabbits, and a monkey. And so people, I, I, I don't know, maybe we've got a listener here that was there and could tell us a little bit more about it. Doesn't give any more details said that um, whenever people would park in the back parking lot, they'd have to go buy it, and there was stucco falling off the sides, rotten beams, chicken wire. So this one uh, student, Frank Hall, who was a senior, kind of saw the potential and made the suggestion. The whole class voted that this was what they were going to do, and they raised $1,200 and worked, like contributed their time, to complete the project and some of them worked even like during the summer after they graduated and uh says the tile roof was the only remnant of the original facade they replaced stucco walls painted added a concrete porch and put carpet on the floor and so they did all of these things to turn it into a prayer chapel so now my question is because i haven't been to campus at california baptist university i would love to is that prayer chapel still there i would assume it it is I would hope it is. Um, if you are there or have been a student there and you've been in that prayer chapel, it was a chicken coop. So very interesting. And but just it had shows. A, but, but it had a monkey in it. So is it a monkey coop? I'm not really sure. It was. You, you said monkey, right? Because that's what I that kind of really piqued my interest earlier. Yes. Well, this this has been like the the animal version of SPC this week. We've never talked about animals so much on one show. Yes, it has been quite an episode for that. But uh, just very interesting. And so there's always different uh, building projects that are going on, especially on our campuses around the country. And there was one that was going on, and it was being celebrated this week in SBC history. Didn't see Chicken Coop making the uh, show this week, got to admit. That I did yeah. not have that on my SPC this week. Bingo card, Amy. Nope. All right. Didn't, well, I that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? 
It is an article in SBC Life by Richard Ross, who is on faculty at Southwestern Seminary, a longtime, you know, respected leader in the area of student ministry. And is it fair to uh, call called... him the godfather of student ministry? And I mean that in a respectful way. He's like the guy. Yeah, sure. Yeah, go ahead. You can call him that. I'm sure he would, would appreciate that. So the title is The Charge Every Senior Pastor and Student Pastor Needs to Hear. And this really comes from, I think, some thinking that Dr. Ross had about sort of strategic action for a vision 2025 about turning the decline in baptisms among 12 to 17 year olds, but then also recognizing that we have this sort of moment right now where a lot of things are changing. And as we think about sort of getting back, this is a moment to seize and say, what can we do here? So he talks a lot about the different things that we need to focus on, um, introducing more students to Jesus, involving every student in missions, bringing students into the full church family, spiritually awakening parents so they can lead their children and thoroughly discipling specific teenagers and what the value of the student pastor is. And also it includes in there um, a PDF download of a sample student ministry job description. So it's really cool. And it is targeted at senior pastors and student pastors. But frankly, I think anyone in the church can benefit from this uh, as well as parents. So um, so I think it, it's just a really good article and was the first one up on kind of SBC Life on the new site. So just really cool. That's my resource. Yeah. yeah, Richard Ross is the man when it comes to student ministry. So if you're a student minister or have a student minister, you need to read everything he writes on student ministry because nobody else out there has it quite like him. So uh, I want to thank him for writing that for us and uh, glad to have him on the site as we as we launch this week. So that's kind of cool. All right, my resource of the week is an article on race in the SBC by Holly Meyer, good friend of the pod over at the Tennessean the local daily newspaper here in Nashville. And she wrote a kind of a feature story on race in the SBC. Talked to Roland Slade, talked to Fred Luter, J.D. Greer, Dr. Floyd. I mean, had a you know a comprehensive piece on where we've been, where we're going, uh, some frustrations along the way, those kind of things. So really, really good piece. Highly recommended. It's uh, I think it's behind a paywall right now over there. It may get opened up to the public. It's supposed to, I think, on Sunday, it's supposed to be in the paper, in the print edition. She told me, I texted her about it, thanking her for doing it because it's just a fantastic work. But I highly recommend checking that out. We'll link to it. If you've got a subscription to Gannett Papers, I don't know if you can get into it that way. But if not, it'll probably be in a print edition of a local Gannett paper if you have those in your area uh, because sometimes they pick those up and run those on Sundays across uh, the network. Or uh, maybe USA Today will pick it up as well. So it should be somewhere where you can read it soon, I'm hoping. And if not... You know, send me five bucks and I'll buy you a paper on Sunday and mail it to you. I'm a digital subscriber of the Tennessean. So I was was uh, very excited to read that. And I learned about it not from you or anyone else on staff. I learned about it because my dad was up, you know, first thing in the morning and sent a text to me and Keith and said, I just read this article and it was really, really good. And of course, he's not Southern Baptist. So he's just sort of reading it as a, a local you know, Nashvilleian and uh, thought it was an excellent article. So we read it right away and he was right. Yep. Ronnie Carter coming through in the clutch there. Absolutely. So that's what he does. That's a really good thing. So thank you, Holly, for that article. Well done. 
And uh, it's good to read that. Highly recommend checking that out over at the Tennessean. So, Amy, that's going to do it for our podcast this week. I know, you know, we talked about it at the top. My kids are in school now. A lot of people getting school started next week. My baby girl goes to her first day of kindergarten this coming week. She's phasing in this coming week. That's going to be um, kind of emotional in this house. Oh, last yeah. first day of school. Our last yeah. first day of school. I I got to admit I got a little teary eyed the other day whenever her uh, she she was getting her backpack all together, and I saw it sitting there and I was like oh the big girl now we're ready to go she's got it she got a little umbrella in it and everything oh that's really sweet see I don't think we experienced that quite as much because we the two were so close together and just you know one grade apart so everything kind of we didn't you all had have had the experience of you have a high schooler yeah I got a junior now, in high school. Right, and a kindergartner. And so yeah, we got the spread going on. Right. So there's just a lot more nostalgia that's happening, I would assume. But I don't know what messes with me more thinking that I have a kindergartner or thinking that I have a junior in high school. I think it's the junior in high school one. Yeah. I think that's the one that really bothers me more than the kindergartner. It feels normal to have a kindergartner. It does not feel normal to have a junior in high school. It is very weird to be this close to the college years. And especially yes. because we, we only have two and they're now going to be in 10th and 11th yeah, grade. You've only and got so three years and you're done. Yeah, it, it feels it feels strange because where I where I sit now is to think, I mean, obviously you're not done, but when they go to college. Yeah. It, you're going to be you, an empty nester in three years. Right. I know, which is very strange to think of, but also to realize there's so much like thought toward redeeming the time in the next three years. And what do we want to do and talk about and instill? And what memories do we want to make in terms of the day to day life here? Um, and it, it's, it's a lot to think about. So anyway, yeah. that's kind of where we are. We're in that reflective mode. I know a lot of our listeners probably feeling the same way. So. Uh, yep. We're with you here, we're praying for y'all, and and pray for Jonathan next week when Avery goes back too. Because whoo, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough one, Amy. All right, well that's going to do it for our show this week. Thanks again for hanging with us. And uh, if you have any camel news, send it on. We'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>